Hello everybody, so welcome to Tetarik with Walid episode 43. So today I am delighted to have, it's the second time that I'm having somebody on for the second time. So the first time was Professor Chiran George who came in, came on twice. And today I will have NMP, former NMP, Anthea Ong on and she's going to bring some backup as well. Dr. Rena Tan uh, and Sophie and they are going to discuss together with me this book and I just finished reading it uh, just now and it is really a must read, must read for everyone interested in Singapore politics, every student of Singapore politics. This is really a must read and there are some fascinating, fascinating chapters and I really recommend, I believe this is only $25 uh, and it shouldn't, it's, it, it's not much more than that. So I bought it for $25 at least at the book launch. I don't know whether there was, it was a discounted price. But anyway, so I really recommend this uh, book to everybody. Please get it. And uh, for my students, if you, you have some financial issues, I'm happy to, to buy one for you if you are willing to read. Okay, so... Uh, I will invite them on and then they will discuss uh, the the book together with me uh, and this is also the first time that I'm having uh, four people on at the same time so or three uh, together with myself so be kind okay there will be some technical <laughs> difficulties yeah okay wonderful wonderful so so thank you all for joining uh, me tonight. And firstly, congratulations on the book. I've, I have finished reading uh, every single page, yes. And it, it's really fun. It's a fun read and it's an easy read. But, uh, you know, easy reading means difficult writing, right? And I'm sure difficult editing. Oh, Pritam Singh has just joined us. So welcome. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure they are here for you, Anthea. Uh, and for... for Reina and Sophie as well. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so I I wanted to start uh, by by each of you telling me more about the book and how it what what it meant to you. What was the process like? And uh, so, until you were the editor, and then uh, Sophie and Reina, you can hi, hello, hello, uh, Mr. Pritam Singh. So, uh, you guys can share uh, what your uh, your experiences were and what your involvement was as well. And maybe uh, if Pritam is still listening, I, I want uh, him also to just, uh, in the comment section, if I could request, just type his thoughts on the NMP scheme as well. Uh, but uh, Anthea, shall we begin with you? <laughs> uh, um, uh, well, what was the experience like? Um, it's a 15-month journey, um, labor of love, and... Um, I think it really started with the idea that there hasn't been a book of this, um, you know, this sort. Um, in fact, there hasn't been a book at all on NMP scheme other than academic text and commentaries. Um, but at a personal level, um, it really came from a place of just this deep gratitude and privilege that I have, um, you know, having been able to sort of serve in parliament in that capacity and, and, and this book was that expression is an expression of that um, deep gratitude and privilege that I I, I still feel actually today. Um, right. Yeah, I, I'll let um, 
I'll let Raina and Sophie chime in a, a, a little bit more. Um, so I, I, I can't thank them enough. Um, as I said, the launch, while you were there, um, the two people I missed most that day were them, and now we have them here. Um, I mean, they've really been with me almost from the very beginning, um, you know, in terms of just sort of being part of the team, the research, the project management, um, the kind of the editorial, um, brainstorming, uh, a lot of chasing um, right. <laughs> of, of the night. Um, so yeah, hear from I think it's more interesting because what I feel about the book is in the prologue and and stuff anyway. So let's hear from Rainer. Yeah, thank you. And are you standing up? Yes, You're making I'm... me a bit a bit stressed. Yeah, so I, I feel like I need to stand up also, but I'm wearing my sarong, so. Boom, and you're just sitting down. No, I. <laughs> okay, very, very intense, very intense. So I, I wanted to really one of the, I think the most important thing, or amongst um, one of the most important things is the diversity in this. And I don't just mean uh, gender and ethnic diversity. I really mean intellectual diversity, which I think is the most important form of diversity. And and you got you managed to get NMPs from every parliament since the scheme was introduced, which was. Amazing. I don't know how you did that. I can imagine there would have been a lot of emails and badgering and <laughs> WhatsApp messages. Not a lot of badgering. I mean, I think um, it was very important, I think, from the very get-go. And, and you absolutely hit it on the nail, um, you know, Walid. I think uh, in the, the book really needs to be one that is introspective, which is why it is really not just commentaries from each of the NMPs. I think you said it's an easy read. I think part of it is because you're reading someone's um, personal reflection, right? right? Very relatable, um, and, and that helps with that. So introspective is one. Uh, instructive is another. Um, and so we'll get, um, you know, Reina and Sophie talk a little bit about uh, some of the appendices that we put in. But also generally, it's, about, it's supposed to be instructive of what the scheme is about. And last but not least, inclusive. So from the get-go, it was very important that we have at least an NMP represented from each of the eight parliaments since the scheme started. Um, I lucked out on the first one, Walid, with um, yeah. because there were only two of them. Exactly. And one of them has passed on. Uh, if I could not track down uh, Morris, Professor Morris True, then, then we would have actually missed one um, parliament session. Um, right. NMP. But let's hear from um, yeah. Reina. Let's, uh, Reina, you want to go first? Um, yeah, okay. Can You can hear me well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, I, like for me, you know, just being able to talk to uh, and, and, and interact with the, you know, all the NMPs and the contributors was like a really uh, meaningful kind of journey for me because, you know, like you, 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 you've only seen everyone kind of like on the newspapers on the TV screens and then it's like you know when you talk to everyone about their experience and you know the kind of like um, topics and the stuff that they were advocating for in parliament and outside of parliament actually and the road leading to that I thought it was like super inspiring um, you know like for me I was also really uh, interested in the data part and you know the, the, the funny yeah. thing is I guess we didn't we didn't actually think of an appendix D earlier on right. you know like we were just like kind of like okay let's see what might be interesting that's why it's still called fun facts and figures you know because right. it's so, like, oh 
fun factor. Yeah, but it, it's, no, it's, it's become like a it's, whole thing now. It's very fun, Rena. And I just wanted to before we, I'll reveal the answer later on. But the first person who manages to guess who is the NMP who has asked most questions, right? Uh, in in their parliamentary session, the first person who manages to get guess that, I will give a free copy of this book. Okay, so <laughs> so just type out your your comment. But but the I really learned so Rena, I really learned a lot from the appendix, and I I am relatively well informed about politics, but still there were many things that were were new to me or really it it hit me in a different way and appendix d was was super fun i have to <laughs> admit yeah sorry i interrupted you carry on carry. no 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 i no. think it was just um um like a, a really fun process as well you know working with uh uh sophie and you know like and and you know um being able to go um you know we went into the the library right you know to go and look at like media articles and also like look for things online yeah, yeah. Parliament. So, yeah parliamentary parliament yeah. library actually to be specific so yeah. it was um uh an experience yeah very very grateful to have had this um, experience together with uh, this wonderful team right so sophie and yourself uh helped anthea with the researching and uh editing yeah, yeah okay yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and also a part um of the when a you know the editor's cards that ah, right right yeah. Um, that was also the small. Um, I, I really wanted that we don't just know about their views and opinions at a customer level, but also know some of this things, uh, sneak peeks, right? Um, right. So, so Reina and um, Sophie also helped in a big way. And Sophie, I mean, we kind of split that up. Um, yeah, in no particular order or preference. Um, but that was a... It was it was fun process. I mean, Raina made it sound fun, but it was actually very onerous, even with Appendix D. Um, but even with A, it was onerous, right? It was onerous to because these these folks are um are, are just packed schedule. You know, they don't have a white space at all on their calendar. Yeah, and kind of work around them and making sure we meet deadlines and all of that. Yeah, so speaking mm. maybe a little about experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sophie, yeah. Cool. I uh, hope you guys can hear me. It's a little bit noisy yes. where I am, so hopefully there's yeah. not a lot of background. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so the Q&As was really interesting. I mean, so Rainer and I kind of split that um, between us, right? We got the NMPs to start working um, on their essays and then kind of parallel to that, um, we did a lot of Zoom calls, <laughs> essentially. Um, and I think that was particularly interesting because, um, so we decided kind of fairly early on that we would have like a standard set of questions um, that we ask everyone, you know, and then just kind of work from there. <clears throat> and I felt like, like what Rainer was saying, um, because their essays talk a lot, you know, about particular topics. Um, that they you know, brought up in Parliament, the causes they championed. I think it was especially in the Q and A's that they went into the mechanics, you know, and some of like the more um, relational aspects, right? That they may or may not have touched on in their essays, but couldn't go um, right. as into depth. Yeah, 
that was what was particularly interesting for me. I think Anthea mentioned earlier that we wanted the book to be instructive, right? And obviously, this is not like a how to be an NMP manual. <laughs> um, although it, although it would be useful for someone who was going to be an NMP, I think. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And, um, a big part about instructive, um, and you read the chapters, Walid. Um, I think coming in um, without institutional support or the party. Yeah. And, and, and you know, NMPs are the MPs that are not providing um compared to the other MPs in Parliament. Um, it's a deep end, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter where you come from or, you know, you're a professor or you're a business person like me, you know, from the people in the civic sector. It's still a deep end that you get into. And I think we're hoping that this book, um, I mean, you know, it's not a structured resource book or guide, but I think just hearing the experiences hopefully gives a glimpse of what it means, what it might look like um, right. for an incoming NMP, but also for Singaporeans yeah. to know how they can stop and not, not think that this scheme is shrouded in mystery and only certain people... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, uh, Anthea, absolutely. I think I was reading one of the uh, earlier earlier uh, NMPs, and uh, I can't remember who now, but they mentioned yeah. that uh, at, at the start, I mean, the, the PAP MPs didn't really talk to them, the opposition didn't talk to them, and even the NMPs didn't talk amongst each other at that time, which I thought was fascinating. And I guess you are also... Each uh, NMP batch is building on the experiences of previous batches as well. So, so which is why I think this is such a useful resource. So even though Sophie says it's not a manual how to be an NMP, but if I were going to be an NMP, which I'm not, uh, but if I were, I would, I would read this cover to cover, you know. Yeah. I think it would be so useful. According yeah. to Chandra Mohan Naya, um, and so the early batches, um, for sure, um, they are kind of in no man's land, right? And maybe right. even child, um, so to speak. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you know what happened with the bill being debated. That's, that's got to be one of the most heated, testy debates. Um, and, and as I said in, at the launch, it's a very riveting read uh, on her part. Uh, right. Actually, opposition came from the PAP and government MPs themselves. Right. On the scheme, right? Because many of them thought it was an indictment on, on, their, on their performance. <laughs> so I, the, 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 the early batches of NMPs, yeah, were, were, yeah, were a bit lost. La. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so there, there are a couple of answers. So I think like a boss said, uh, Antia with 92 PQs, is that correct? 192? Uh, is, the answer is correct. Antia is, uh, is number one. Is it 92? Uh, let me check. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, so well done. It is. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, it is 92 per year. Cause, uh, per year, so, like, correct. The NMPs have yes. like, different numbers of years that they yeah, serve, so is, we have to like standardize it. Uh. This is per year. And uh, so Arun uh, went one step further and said Antia, Walter, and Kanwaljit were the top three, and he is right as well. So, so I owe both of them a book. Okay. So, so let's get to uh, some of the questions, right? And uh, 
uh, again, I really recommend this. It's $25, right? Or uh, that, that was just a book launch price? It was. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think the paperback is $35. Okay, or... still very affordable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have $40 for sure. Uh, right. Okay. cover, I think, um, it's like sixty-five. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Around. So, I I wanted to give a shout out to World Scientific also for for doing a very good job with the book and also for supporting scholarship on Singapore politics in general. I think uh I think they have done a a great job. So uh so uh maybe we get to some of the harder questions first, right? So and this is for all three of you. Uh, so when I was reading the book, right, the book is really a, a list of who's who of Singaporeans, right? Like really the elites, right? You're talking about Brema Mati, Kanwaljit, Anthea herself, uh, Walter, Eugene Tan, you know. Uh, but isn't that precisely the criticism towards the scheme, right? It's, a, it's by the elites, it's for the elites, it comprises the elites. <laughs> what? I mean, the two of them are looking. <laughs> um, okay, I, I, I will go in and then Reina and I'll go first. Reina and um, uh, Sophie can chime in. Um, I, I, I think it's not um, the most, um, you know, the most critical thing about uh, the NMP scheme. Uh, it's definitely not the biggest criticism of the NMP scheme. Because if you think about the elite, um, it's not just the NMP scheme. I mean, if you think about yeah. it, the August Chamber of, of Parliament <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the government and the, and the cabinet as well. So, um, but I, I do think that is an opportunity um, for us to look at, you know, how the NMP scheme can actually augment this very entrenched uh, system of governing elites. Right. And that's actually both on the, on the ruling party and the opposition side um, where, yeah, we have elites. And, and that's a start, right? That LMP scheme could actually have the um, potential um, to actually bring in and appoint, like reappoint, um, because I think the electorate are the ones who choose this elite system, right? Because they are right. voted by, by the electorate. Um, but then the LMP scheme, since it's not an elect. Um, electoral system, then we can actually consider NMPs representing, um, you know, the other, you know, the other non-elite uh, segments of the society. I also want to say and qualify that when you say, you know, this, are the, I don't think, well, I mean, you know, it depends on how we define elites, right? Uh, a big part of, you know, um, this, that you think of them as elites. For example, Maurice, the first NMP was telling me he was just a young 37-year-old doctor, yeah. right, with approach, right? Uh, and, and because over time, obviously, he's now obviously the chair of Farrah uh, Park Hospital, and, and he's also right. been and all. So there's also this sort of evolution and time component that we also need to, you know, um, take into account when you talk about, you know, this is a who's who list. Uh, like the way we know about Kanwaljit Soin over the years or Walter Wood and all of that is because over the years they have stepped up and spoke up and, and so they seem to be known. So it depends on how we define elites. Um, right. But I think that elites are necessarily bad. Uh, I think, you know, I think we just need to be mindful. In fact, I think because you have the privilege to have gone to 
gone through that whole process that allows you to be an elite, then the more you must exercise that privilege and responsibility to come forward to serve. Uh, okay. And so, um, you know, that are not in the same um, segment or communities as you. What, what, what do you think, Reina and uh, Sophie? <laughs> hmm. Um, I, I guess, uh, you know, like I, I, I also agree, like, you know, what's the definition of elite? Um, you know, one thing that my head actually goes to is, um, you know, what is advocacy? What is activism? You know, and I think, like, what I am thinking is that um, at least based on uh, my own experiences and what I've seen, you know, like, it takes place in all different levels, right, of society. And, you know, I think um, um, that's why it's so important when it, it can entrench elitism, I think, as an institution. But I think, you know, like, the important thing is to really use that position to uh, be, to advocate for causes, to use the opportunity to, you know, advocate for causes that, you know, are important to civil society and, you know, the population at large, right? And I think that's where, um, you know, the, you, you kind of, like, share that power and, you know, you kind of, like, leverage that privilege, you know, to, to um, um, not be an elite in that, in that, in that term, right. that, I guess, that connotation that we're thinking about right now. Right, right, right. Oh, excellent, excellent. Sophie? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, like what Anthea said, the elitism criticism, at least I personally haven't found, maybe I don't know if Anthea and Rainer agree that this isn't like the biggest thing the scheme is criticized for. A lot of that tends to come with how it's been designed, <clears throat> excuse me, especially with regard to like the selection process and how um, that's not very transparent, you know, things like the functional yeah. groups. Um, I guess two things from me in that regard would be, so the functional groups part is actually quite interesting. Um, Appendix D is Rainer's domain, so maybe he can talk a little bit more about that later. But I think one interesting thing we noticed was that over time, um, there were more independent applications kind of coming in, right? So moving away from, you know, this idea that, oh, you have to have come from this particular, like, background, this particular sector, you know, so... That and the the applications have been increasing over the years, right? The um, I think this last batch had sixty one, maybe like the highest ever number, you know. So definitely, um, I think more people are recognizing that you know you don't have to be from, you don't have to have made it, right, in order um, right. to think about um, what you can contribute. Um, but also that, um, like both Anthea and Rainer said, I think a lot of the NMPs, especially, and this came out during their Q&As, um, felt that, you know, being um, in parliament was a privilege and that this was something that they actively wanted to use to, like, leverage um, causes, right? It went, you know, sort of just in there to talk, right? And in fact, right. they, they talked about how a lot of talking goes on outside of parliament. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, in terms of having the individual expertise, I think um, Professor um, Lim Sun Sun talks a bit about this in her in her Q and A specifically to do with academic expertise. You know, all that they found actually also complemented um, their experience. It gave them a little bit of credibility and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. And and what I I would just add is that. Uh, an elite doesn't have to be elitist, I think. I think an elite is just the the privileged position that you are in, right? What can you do with that, right? But being an elitist is an attitude. Uh yeah. so so that's so why I so I don't think I mean if if yeah, if the NMP scheme is 
uh, uh, they are full of elites. So what, right? I mean, the entire parliament is full of elites, right? In many ways, like many of us here are, are privileged enough to be elites in some way, right? But what matters is whether we are elitist. Uh, and I think uh, we reference appendix, appendix D a lot. So uh, it, uh, it says fun facts and figures, and there are all sorts of facts, right? The gender, racial composition, and then by sector, and a number of uh, bills spoken on, motions, budget debates, and so on. Uh, and what are the adjournment motions that were passed? So all 26 of them that were, uh, that were uh, uh, spoken on by NMPs, rather. Yeah, so it's very fascinating uh, that Appendix uh, D, right? So what are some, uh, uh, elaborating on Appendix D, what are some of NMP's biggest contributions? Like maybe for, for you guys, like what, throughout the research of your book, right? What really came to your, to your mind? Maybe one, one or two, a couple, and, and hopefully we do not, um, all of us can, it can be different. So all four of us will go uh, in any, uh, any order. Well, so which one do you think was the standout moment for NMPs? <laughs> hmm. Well, I'll go with the easy one first um, because, because I'm the oldest here and it is great. <laughs> and just while mine is still lucid, <laughs> I'm very clear that, um, you know, and I mentioned this at the launch as well, Walter Wounds, um, private members bill, right, um, on the Maintenance Parents um, Act. Uh, that's, um, that's his legacy, but also, I think, in some way, an NMP legacy. And everyone knows about it, um, you know, and, and that's important to say that that's, I mean, to, to, to actually table a private member's bill is, is incredibly difficult, difficult. I mean, he's a law professor and, and all of that, so maybe that, that makes it a little bit easier. Right. But it, incredibly difficult and in fact the history of our parliament um there have only been like three or four uh, private members bill um and i might even be um already overstating it right um so that's that one um but it's also not the only one that's been tabled by an well, soint actually tabled one on family violence as well that didn't get passed but many of um the uh, proposals within that um, that bill um, eventually actually got um, introduced into the amendments for women's charter, right? And also the Protection Against Harassment um, Act, so POHA. Um, so I think those are kind of very straight out factual contributions from NMPs. Um, I'm going to pass it over to them <laughs> to talk mm -hmm. about others. They two, right? I mentioned two already, but... yeah. Sophie? Um, I think a particularly interesting episode for me, um, and this gets touched on a lot in the book because we had a number of NMPs from that batch, was the population white paper debate. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, even though um, you know, that, that motion passed, right, I think um, there were, oh, I, I lose track now, um, three abstentions? Yes. Um, from oh, no, that batch. No, Correct no, me if I'm no. wrong. No, no, one abstention. Only what? Jin Tan abstained. Oh, three, three nodes, and then the absent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yes. My bad. Uh, so, <laughs> no. so Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence Lien, uh, Lawrence, wrote, 
Faiza. Faiza. So and Lawrence chapter Lawrence's chapter was really fascinating, and he even talked about how there were pressures uh, against the NMPs who voted against. And really, so this is not like this. This book doesn't sugarcoat history at all, you know. So it's really there is really a lot of uh, counter hegemonic stuff inside as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, Sophie. You were saying, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I I just brought out that um that episode because like of course you know the the motion overwhelmingly you know got I mean you know, on 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 a pure numbers basis it was going to get that but I think it was really interesting um and important right that you had um NMPs kind of going on the record to say like no you know we disagree and this is not coming from a place of where um. It's, it's not coming from an uninformed place, you know, or um, disagreeing for the sake of, but on a very principled basis, kind of standing up to say why, you know, we ca- why they felt this wasn't good for Singapore and putting it on the record that you can actually have this sort of debate, right, where um, right. you can come, you, you, you can, you can, maybe you should dissent on things, you know, if you have a good reason for it. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, something that's, that's, um, what's the word for it? You know, that, that, that dissent like this is constructive. I think this was an excellent right. demonstration of that. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that that was, uh, I guess it's also under discussed that particular episode, the fact that three NMPs uh, did that voted against. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Rina? Um, so like I, one thing that I actually like um, and you know something that's in like the appendix D that we keep um, you know bringing up also is that um, we did go back in time right to see like comparisons between NMPs elected MPs and actually I, I like did this time sort of series tells a little bit of a story like you know I'm just looking at the PQs for example right and you see like out the gate like wow you know like average PQs by NMPs is like this this high yeah. like the elected MPs is like here you know but then after that you see the elected MPs is like bars are like you know like and it kind of comes after the MPs also so right. you know, like as you're doing it you kind of wonder what's the backstory behind all the all the data right you know we might not know what's going on but then uh, at the same time you actually see all these patterns change and you think to yourself like wow there's so many exciting things that could be happening you know behind the scenes um so that's that's, that's what came to me um you know I think um. Uh, right now you see that wow okay like the MPs I think um, they they ask really a lot of PQs nowadays right, compared to last time and you yeah. know I think um you know Anthea um being like the top performer in terms of PQs you know like you also start to see some uh, MPs um you know asking even more but you know at the same time reading through and kind of being part of this book project you also see the kind of support that is given to elected MPs versus NMPs. You know, and you know how all these things tie into some of the statistics that you see um, out there. You know, so like you can appreciate how hard maybe someone uh, has to work. You know, whether it's an elected MP or an MP, based on the kind of context that they have. Yeah, I I think that theme came out at least three four times throughout the book. The fact that NMPs are not supported enough. Like even very early on, this was discussed in in Parliament by one of the NMPs talking about. Uh, how NMP should have more support. So Arun mentioned uh, Antia and Walter uh, abstaining from 
voting in the parliamentary motion against WP MPs, which I thought was super courageous, and it was uh, it was really uh, a vote based on principle, especially the reasoning that was given. Like this was uh, this ventured in the realm of the political, and it wasn't the position of NMPs. I thought I thought that was brilliant. Uh, so for me personally, I would say the Pofma vote again, Anthea and Walter, the usual suspects. <laughs> Uh, as Anthea has, has been called troublemaker, right? <laughs> and uh, Vishwa's uh, speech on race. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, it prompted uh, former Minister Mentor Lee Kuan Yew to actually stand up after about two and a half years. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. So, that, that episode, I think, is well documented. What, what I didn't know was what he mentioned when he met uh, Mr. Lee later on. Uh, so <laughs> Mr. Lee asked him, are you still causing trouble or something like that? And then he said, well, I try to. And, and Mr. Lee just uh, said that, oh, it's better to be respected than to be loved. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. To be oh. respected, that's right. Yeah. 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 So uh, almost, uh, yeah, yeah. Can I just add in, I think the other bit that we mustn't um, also... Uh, forget in terms of the contribution from the NMPs uh, would be the arts um, NMPs, right? Uh, I think, um, you know, since Audrey Wong, who's, who's the first um, arts NMP per se, and the arts community going through that process uh, within the community to select their, their choice, um, I think that's really allowed, um, you know, lots of these um, issues in terms of funding and engagement with the arts community to be um, discussed in parliament, right? Otherwise, those, those issues always seem to be seen as oh, it's not important, you know, um, not bread and butter. Um, yeah. And certainly those are the issues, especially within the arts community, that it's very, it's very unlikely you get to see elected MPs from both sides of the house to want to bring them up, right? Um, so I think the arts um, NMPs have definitely uh, made a huge contribution over the years. The likes of Janet and Audrey Wong. And... Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, agree more. I think uh, the, the, the other thing about the arts community, they also have their own uh, selection process, right? Which ultimately uh, the select committee can choose to, to disregard. And they have disregarded <laughs> even in the latest uh, round, right? But I think it's quite... Uh, quite interesting that the arts community is putting their candidate out there, right, through this more democratic process. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree that uh, that is another sector that people will not talk about as well. And I think, Anthea, you also, uh, together with, I, I suppose, uh, Louis, brought up migrant workers, which was completely not an election issue, right? So it means yeah. that, yeah, the opposition and the government also didn't. So there are many other such issues that uh, that were brought up that, are not electoral winners, yes. but NMPs are better positioned to bring them, them up. And that, that, that was the same with LGBTQ. If you think about uh, Siu Kam Hong, right? right. For a parliamentary petition to repeal 377A. Um, and, and again, as you said, right, these are issues that um, have cost um, to the elected uh, MPs, again, on both sides of the house. Uh, and that's that's part of you know uh, one of the flaws of a majoritarian democracy, mm. right? Um, that you know um, 
yeah, to be elected MPs, you got to go for the votes, right? And, and yeah. then go for more majority interest issues. Uh, and minority interest issues tend to, um, yeah, go on the wayside. I, I, I'm not saying that the MPs don't care about them, but I think in the, you know, in, in the need for partisan politics and getting the votes um, at the ballot box, then, yeah. Yeah. Um, get compromised, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a question by Sean here. So to all three of you, which batch of NMPs, in your opinion, is the most memorable? So I'm just going to add uh, a caveat to the question. Which batch of NMPs, other than Anthea's batch, is the most memorable? <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah, so you can think about it. I mean, because you guys are the subject matter experts on this, right? So you guys really know this uh, is issue inside out. Easy for I must say that it would be definitely the, um, uh, I think it's the 12th or was it the 13th parliament? Uh, and so it's the parliament with, with Lawrence, Eugene, um, Janice Cole, Faiza, right? Um, I think, well, partly because of the um, population white paper, um, you know, and, and, and what they did and, and all of that. But I think that's also the, the batch after the 2011 elections. Uh, and yeah. All that, the watershed election. Right? And so I think um, just the kind of issues that, you know, um, Singaporeans, people want to discuss, want to be raised. Um, I, think, I think the NMPs um, in that batch, in that parliament, did a wonderful job raising a lot of this whether it's Lawrence talking about social recession um you know Jenny's talking about censorship uh in the arts community uh Faiza obviously um you know in the wilderness of parliament trying to get <laughs> everyone just want to talk about GDP 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 and productivity um and and yeah I mean it wasn't trendy then but she was pushing for it when you know, we we're looking at uh, population, uh, increasing population and sacrificing a lot of the reserves and our green spaces. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that would be, for me anyway, a really memorable uh, batch of um, NMPs. Yeah, and, and that batch had many memorable stories documented here as well. So one of them was by Faiza when she was talking about uh, breastfeeding. Yeah. Uh, and, and she said later on, uh, some of her male colleagues were, were basically mocking. I mean, she didn't use that word, but it seemed like they were mocking her. And her response was, what's so funny? Or why you don't breastfeed? Is it like... <laughs> and I, <laughs> I found that to be so witty. And I mean, it was, I guess it was in the spirit of her entire contribution and time in parliament as well, you know, uh, together with that batch. And of course, uh, Eugene as well. Uh, Professor yeah. Eugene Tan was always calling... The, N the MPs out for not attending parliament, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so. I love that. The quorum, he's always yeah. checking uh, on whether we have a quorum because it could be constitutionally challenged. Right. Right? That a law yeah. that we pass, um, but actually, to be fair, it's true. No one's really checking that, right? Because we're not doing a call for division all the time, obviously. Right. Um, and and <laughs> yeah, and, it, and because he's a constitutional scholar, I want to make sure that the laws that pass are actually constitutionally sound. Um, yeah, I, I thought I, I thought that batch was really quite an outstanding 
batch of um, NMPs. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, Rene and Sophie, any other batches stood out for you? I was going to say the same batch, but uh, you know, like actually, okay. So for me, I speak more from you know as I was reading through the chapters. Um, you know, I, I, I did. I felt like I was going to cry as I, as I was reading like um, let's say like Faiza's chapter, right? You know, because like I I got emotional because I just felt like it was so honest and raw around like you know how vulnerable one can be in that position. You know, like I, I think there was one quote in there where she's talking about like. You know, there was a media storm, you know, after voting no uh, to the white yeah. paper. And then after that, you know, she just posted a quote on Facebook about, you know, speak the truth even if your voice shakes. You know, and then for me, I was like, oh my gosh, right? You know, like, mm. like it's it's a level of vulnerability and I can identify with that. You know, like sometimes you, <laughs> like, like when you're trying to um, post, you know, things that are, you know, you, 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 you feel like passionate about, but, you know, you're afraid of what people might think. You know, just, just very, very, um, identifiable and you know I, I, I felt that vulnerability there mm. beautifully yeah thank you thank you for that yeah. uh, Sophie um, yeah I was going to say the 12th as well and <laughs> 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 Anthea um, basically said everything that I wanted to say <laughs> um, but I think um, you know this said because I think I did a number of the interviews with some um, of the MPs who were in the earlier batches. So like um, Dr. Maurice Chu, um, I spoke with Professor Simon Tay. Uh, Raina, I think, might have done like Brahma Mathi and Chandra Mohan. But I think, um, you know, I think re reading their accounts, I think that also stood out to me because those were still like the relatively early days, right? I, I think... Um, a number of them were quite candid in that they themselves are figuring out like what they were supposed to do right? right and what sort of dynamics they were working with right um and i think even during that time um public awareness of the nmp scheme was nowhere near what it is now and it's still yeah. probably not great which is why <laughs> we did this book um, <laughs> you know but i think i think um like professor simon Tia, he writes he talks about the transboundary haze motion yeah. um that he brought in parliament you know we've spoken about professor um wounds maintenance of parents act uh Dr. Soin's family violence bill you know so i think it's it's, it's worth saying that even though you know not all of those um, might have been very well remembered it got a lot of attention I think it's worth you know saying that these were done sort of when the scheme was even newer and to some extent maybe working even under more constraints than future NMPs you know had eventually yeah well I, I completely agree Sophie so um, and I also just just to be on your point probably during the early years uh, the NMPs uh, it was very, much harder for them I, I presume that it's they were uh, not taken as seriously as NMPs uh, are now uh, by their parliamentary colleagues as well. I can I can uh, imagine. Uh, and uh, Simon Tay, well, that, that's an interesting one because the the two chapters that that really really stood out to me, right? I mean, there are so many, but the one that I learned a lot from because Simon Tay was quite quite some time ago. So his one was was one that I really and for instance when he mentioned like he voted together with uh, JB right 
uh, and uh, JBJ. So I, I mean that, especially at that time, that was not the easiest thing to do for an NMP. Uh, so yeah, that that's another must read uh, chapter. Yeah. So thank you for that. So so uh, and building on on what I just said and what you guys just said. So during the launch, uh, ESM Go. By the way, what a launch it was. You got. ESM Go, Speaker Tan, but the star of the show was a 13-year-old girl <laughs> who was superb. Like, and I was thinking, my God, at 13. I don't think even at 30, I was that eloquent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was good. She was really good. Uh, so uh, ESM Go actually mentioned in his speech, but he was being a bit whimsical, I know. So, uh, But he said that the NMPs rarely ever agree with the government. Um, is this true? I find I find the fact that uh, Anthea and Walters vote, uh, and uh, Faiza and Lawrence and Janice's vote. I mean, they come to mind precisely because most of the time it seems to me that NMPs do go along and do not challenge as much. So the instances where uh, there are challenges, right? It sticks out. So, uh, oh, but you guys have the data. So, so am I right or am I misreading the situation? <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that was a that was a very cheeky question. Uh, <laughs> and actually, um, speaker turned to me and said, "Hmm, I think I agree with him." I said, "Are you sure?" Oh, you know, um, okay. no. Then I think he was also being cheeky, right? Okay. So, <laughs> So first and foremost, I would have to right, we forget sometimes what is the role of parliamentarians, right? To be in parliament, one of the one of the key roles is there to check on and hold the government to account. Right? So we're not there necessarily. I mean, and, and it's not just the individuals I'm talking about, just the system and the institution on its own, um, with the three branch government that we have, right? Um, Parliament is supposed to be, um, you know, um, checking and, and, and scrutinizing the government, right, and, and holding it to account. So I think um, if there are, you know, if there are um, challenges, like you mentioned, um, you know, then that kind of should be, you know, um, business as usual in Parliament. Right. But as you also said, I mean, you, you're saying that, and I think, you know, that's, that's probably also one of the criticisms that has come out, um, you know, for the NMP um, scheme is, um, should NMPs be, you know, pro or, or not pro um, government? And I don't think that's the, that's the right way to ask a question, right? And whether, I, I know, like you said, like, I mean, and ESM was being whimsical in that, um, but I don't think the point is that uh, NMP should be agreeing um, with the government. Uh, you know, uh, that all, all, you know, all intentionally against. Um, but the role of parliamentarians, whether um, government MPs, opposition MPs or NMPs or NCMPs should be to check on, you know, and hold the government um, to account. Um, our, I mean, I think we didn't go that in depth, but Raina can can respond to that. We certainly didn't go to the content. We talked about it at length. Um, you know about how deep can we go in terms of the issues, in terms of you know um, the quality 
right, um, of the contribution in terms of speeches and, and, and PQs and all that. But it was, yeah, onerous. I don't think we, well, we couldn't get into that. Um, right, Reina? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's a lot, you know, for a start. I think, uh, you know, like, just to construct this whole data set, we had to go, not just, because we compared NMPs and MPs, right? So we didn't just have the NMP data. We had to construct every single right. MP as well. <clears throat> Um, so I think that was something that we were trying to get to, uh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Sophie, anything you want you want to add on this? Um, yeah. Well, this is this is our pitch. Um, if anyone would like to keep working on that data set, please do because, like, like Reno said, I think um, getting the numbers, like the quantitative aspect, that was that was a lot. One thing we really wish we could have done was also to look at the quality of participation, like he said, you know, like what sort of issues are getting brought up more or, or not getting brought up, right? Who is bringing them up? Um, you know, so definitely I think there's a lot of room um, to scrutinize that both for, well, both for, both for elected um, MPs, you know, NCMPs and NMPs. I guess... Um, this is not really so much about the should they agree or disagree um, point. Maybe it's slightly different. But I mean, in fairness, you know, looking at the data, if you go back to um, Appendix D, we did look at like participation across NMPs, right? And I think whether or not they agree or disagree, it is true that there are disparities in performance. Um, mm. You know, whether, whether um, you know, they were agreeing or disagreeing. I mean, we, we did find, and you know, you had MVPs right, who said a lot and you had people who um, didn't really say very much. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. put it that way. We may even have found a couple who said nothing at all. Um, yeah. You know, so kind of... We also, found, the, M we also found MPs who said nothing at all, by the way. Right. Right, 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 right. So uh, elected MPs who said nothing. So yeah, I think beyond the should they agree yeah, yeah, yeah. or disagree, so that's, like anti like, that's not the yeah, point. I think, yeah, I think you would start um, in some of the editors' cards, the Q and A. Uh, I think um, you know some of the NMPs alluded to the fact that uh, it's really not right to step forward um, out of the night. Um, and this didn't come from me, I didn't actually say that, but some of the NMPs did say that um, it's important that you actually make good that sacred seat, you know, uh, voice. Uh, and so, you know, Reina and Sophie are right. Um, and, you know, there are, there is definitely the disparity, uh, um, you know, between and amongst NMPs, but also, you know, also with the too, right? The difference, I guess, most people that, well, elect MPs in terms of the performance, the, the best uh, valuation is through uh, whether they get re-elected, right? Um, and so people don't necessarily ask as many questions, but because NMPs right. are interested, um, which is why we thought um, it would be instructive to put out the data that has not been done um, to date. Um, which is why, yeah, we started with the quantitative part of it, but there's a need to go deeper, um, you know, so that we can, yeah, we can understand more. And, and, and it, it forms how we actually enhance um, the, the theme, um, you know, whether or not it becomes irrelevant uh, in time to come, but while it's still in existence, that's how we make the best out of it, right? Uh, yeah. Hopefully this... Uh, uh, stats really 
Yeah, and I I think uh, just just to build on what uh, Anthony and Rena have said, and uh, and Sophie as well. So why why is it that MPs can get away, elected MPs especially, can get away with not saying anything in Parliament, right? When that should be the the bulk of a parliamentarian's job. I believe it says so in the job title, member of Parliament, <laughs> right? That you're supposed to speak in Parliament, right? But but I guess it's how we as a society, but of course it's it's how uh, the PAP has also defined the role of an MP, which the opposition has also played into, which is it's a town council manager, right? So so whether you do things on the ground, right? It seems it's seemingly more important than how much you speak in parliament. And I guess that is also why NMPs are, are less popular amongst the general uh, populace and people do not really care about the NMPs as much as they care about the elected MPs because for them, what the MPs do on a constituency level is more tangible, right? Quote, unquote, right? Whereas the, the meta thing is far away from them, far removed from them. But the meta contributions are actually even more. The macro uh, interventions, they are far more consequential, right, than uh, the sheltered, the next sheltered walkway, for instance, right? Like, what laws are being passed? And what, right? For instance, POFMA, just, just POFMA itself would be more consequential to the country than, uh, than whether they are, not, not mosquitoes, maybe that's very consequential, but uh, sheltered walkways, right? That's something that we can do without, right? Just get an umbrella. But it's how we, <laughs> it's how we have understood the role of, uh, yeah. of MPs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very good point there. Um, and it's yeah. good. Um, an evolution, Walid, of also, um, you know, the electorate, right? Um, and so we can't really be looking at the parliamentary um, schemes or institutions um, in silo away from, you know, um, what is the readiness, what, what's the electorate looking at. And of course, the two feed into each other, right? Um, if, if all that you see um, being raised by elected MPs are very municipal um, issues, and they're not obviously unimportant because it deals with, you know, daily living and needs. Um, but I think it's actually having that balance, right? So hopefully over time, we will actually have residents going to NPS right. and want to talk to POFMA about LGBTQ, right. about environment, about uh, mental health, right? Instead of um, only um, just kind of the day-to-day, -day, um, yeah, issues that, um, you know, they're de dealing with. I think once we get there, then the MPs will naturally then be raising this there's issues in Parliament as well. Absolutely agreed. Because if there's no demand, there won't be supply, right? And if there is demand, there definitely will be supply, right? The MPs will definitely react uh, react to that. So yeah. thank thank you so much. So uh, and uh, Anthea is not only the one who has filed the most number of parliamentary questions per year, but uh, she is also the one who got the most number of media mentions. <laughs> But yeah, and Walt, uh, Siu Kam Hong is second and Walter is third, right? So, but uh, with these questions, right? So, Anthea, Kanwaljit, Walter, and, and Eugene uh, calling out the quorum, right? Are these the exceptions? Because we have, we've had, what, 92, is it, NMPs? 97. Is it 97 NMPs. So, are these the exceptions or is this the norm? Or what, what's the average, right? Is it from 
from the data set that you guys have had, as in, because it seems to me that most Singaporeans do not know uh, most of the NMPs. In fact, even the more informed Singaporeans, politically informed Singaporeans, right, who struggle to name all of the nine NMPs <laughs> in one particular parliamentary session, right? Um, so, uh, so what's your sense? Um, okay, so, so like, objectively, statistically, these are the exceptional ones, right? Statistically, right? You know, that's where their names pop out as like outliers for these graphs. Um, I think one interesting thing around like media mentions is that if you look at like the eighth parliament, actually the 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 bar is way on the right. So actually they they in general the eighth parliament had a lot more media mentions even than Anthea. But also I think that was when uh, it was novel. You know, like there was a lot of um, media coverage for the scheme in general. That's why the whole batch got moved upwards uh, towards a, a higher number of media mentions. But I would also argue that actually uh, media mentions. Um, could probably be, you know, like up there as a function of, you know, how influential um, someone's, like, you know, just now we're talking about quantity right. versus quality, right? Right, right, and right. I think like our PQ counting could be more quantity, but right. you know, the media has a, that filter for us, right? So like by media mm. mentions, you could also count that as, you know, perhaps that's a, con a consideration when we think about quality. Mm, interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. So that, that was your... Uh... That was your reasoning why you included media mentions, is it? Because you think that's a proxy for quality. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I also thought, just to add on, um, you know, including that was also a way of, um, you know, adding on to what is another way of contributing as, as NMPs, right? Because you talked about the meta issues. Uh, and the meta issues, um, you know, there is a, maybe a role of education, um, you know, uh, where the citizenry and the, and the public is concerned. So I think the media mentions could be a bit of a proxy of that in sort of um, putting out meta issues. Um, so that was another consideration. But yeah, the, the, the qualitative aspect of it, of the quality of participation certainly also came into the discussion as well. But I, can I add something very quick also sure. around quality? Yeah. It's like, you know, like, I think I, I, I subscribe to this whole idea that, you know, that NMPs can say the the unvotables kind of like things, right? You know, and that's the thing that I find that, you know, resonates the most with me. And, you know, like, even though the wider population might not know that particular NMP, you know, I feel that if it means something to a population that is marginalized, that, you know, that has 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 fewer um, avenues for, you know, like uh, articulating their needs, you know, like I think that means the world to them, you know? So when we think about quality, you know, I also want to think about, you know, how, like, someone's speech in parliament when you tell that person in that community um you know this is what they're talking about they're talking about you you know and your needs i think it really makes a world of a difference oh i i, I agree uh, and in fact uh at that time i i didn't know uh Antia personally yet uh and the thing that really stood out for me was uh when she uh during her time was her uh, mentioning rohingyas uh in parliament right and this is 95 to 98% of Singaporeans don't know and don't, or don't, it's not an important issue to them. Like, even, even Povma is important to some segment of Singaporeans, right? But when, when she brought that, uh, I, I really, I really like that. So, and, and I mean, it meant a lot to me, and I'm sure it meant a lot to, 
the Rohingyans, right? Uh, whether it results in something is a different matter. But so, so just to buttress your point, Arena, uh, absolutely. So I just wanted to mention also when we talk about Section 377A, and I mentioned this in my paper, which which you guys cited, and thank you so much. Uh, it's not just you, Kam Hong, who was uh, the NMP who was pro-repeal. It was uh, Professor Tio Li and the NMP who was very much against repeal. And so this is the thing. Uh, if even even elected MPs who, who believe what she believes, right? They would never say it in that way, right? It's only the NMPs that can. Uh, and I'm sure she's not the only one who believes that, right? Whatever she said, uh, especially at that time. But, but the rest of them, even when they were saying we should retain, right? Uh, they were couching it in terms of societal readiness and not in a, in a strong way that, that she did. So it goes both ways, I suppose, right? Yes. Uh, and I... And I'm sure Professor Tio would say she was representing a, a sizable amount of Singaporeans as well. Yeah. Um, that was actually a really interesting exchange. Um, so again, another good read on that uh, uh, Tio Lian, um, I actually invited her too, actually. Um, oh. I, I didn't get a response. And I, don't, I don't know whether that's the right address, but I thought it would be interesting to get her you know, to share from kind of a, you know, I mean, a different perspective. Um, you're right. I think, you know, the way she was um, being really vivid in her description, um, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it made um, quite a number of them squirm was what I was thinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking there's no way that speech would have been given in 2022, right? Like, there's no way, like, uh, honestly, like I mean, you just look at some. But anyway, so uh, let's leave it at that. But I'm I'm really glad to hear and hear that you invited her to. Uh, I think it's it's really consistent with your or uh, your desire for intellectual uh, diversity, and uh, I I really I really appreciate that because I think sometimes people on the more liberal side they tend to shut shut off uh, ideas from people, and I think it it goes nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I think more engagement, more conversation would be helpful. So, so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So we've already gone <laughs> beyond one hour. So sorry. Uh, but just final question, okay? Because how uh, Anthea ended her, her speech was basically how uh, during the book launch was uh, the message she wanted to send through the book as well, right? Uh, yours was the concluding chapter. And instead of asking, are uh, unelected voices still necessary in parliament? Uh, you said, let's flip the question and ask, are elected voices enough? So, uh, what do you think in 2022? Because some, some of your own uh, authors clearly believe that uh, the scheme, uh, elected uh, voices are now enough because you, you have enough opposition MPs. Uh, so, all three of you, so I think Antia is lifting the party whip, right? So, Reina and... <laughs> 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 so so what 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 do you guys think uh are elected voices enough let's hear from sophie and, and reina first and then i will I yeah will and then yeah because it's all my chapter already so yeah so, sorry can you guys hear me yeah. i never know of the tech yeah. gods are. yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow well, um, gosh, honestly, I'm really torn about this because I think like, you know, and, and, and Anthea, Anthea spoke a bit about this earlier, right? Well, we, we, we all have, right, that um, NMPs 
um, you know, the, the, the rather that the 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 need to like toe the party line or you know the imposition of the whip or just the need to get votes often stops a lot of really important issues um, from being raised by um, elected MPs. Right. That said. I do also agree with, I think a number of contributors who raised this, that it's also very difficult to talk about the NMP scheme sort of in isolation without also looking at, you know, like broader changes to Singapore's political landscape, right? Um, you know, like uh, people have talked about growing opposition presence, uh, just the, the, the nature of how we think about parliamentary debate, you know, can we approach it in a more nuanced way? So it's not just for or against um, an issue on the whole. Um, I don't know if this really answers your question, but no, I, I think I, one I, thing you know, that, really, that really stood out to me um, as you were working on the book, right, and in reading the contributor essays was that, you know, we can talk until the cows come home about the accountability issue and whether NMPs deserve their place in parliament, you know, are they because they're not elected and so on and so forth. You know, but I think the core of what um, we were trying to get at, right, was asking what actually do we want out of our parliament, right? right? What sort of people, who, who, what, what, what sort of people, what sort of um, issues do we think they, they, they should be raising? Who should they be accountable to? You know, um, what can we do to encourage better um, participation, right, and interaction um, between the between civil society, between just you know regular people who are not maybe that interested in politics, um, with the parliamentarians, right? So, for me, I think it's not you know just about our elected MPs enough, our NMPs a good counterbalance, you know, but what on the whole is enough, and what more do we need to do? Yeah. Thank you. I, I think you, you did you did answer the question and I think that's really, it goes back to the, I mean you mentioned two things, right? One is the higher objectives of parliament, right? what it's supposed to do and secondly is the context, what is the context that we are living in. It's not just assessing whether the NMP is democratic, undemocratic, elitist or unelitist, but within this context what it does. So thank you, I uh, really appreciate that, that answer. Reina? Wow, I think it deserves a whole essay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it does, like, it like, does. It, it's complex and you know, like, I think for, to cut a long story short, I totally agree with uh, uh, Sophie. You know, like I think, um, you know, even if, if you think about some of the essays, like uh, like for me, my, I guess my short answer is um, for as long as a particular intent can be conflated with political gain, I think, you know, like, having elected MPs is not enough, you know, because I, I feel that there are some views that, you know, might not be uh, given its weight in parliament, you know, because they might be fielded by elected MPs. And, you know, for me, at least this is my impression of uh, political discourse sometimes at least. You know, so I think um, definitely a lot more complex than this answer. You know, <laughs> I want to caveat, but, um, you know, that's, that's my immediate thought. Okay, thank you. So, uh, two two notes already. Elected voices are not enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I suppose it's three for three. Enter. <laughs> well, I, I ended the book, you know, with the including chapter possibilities with a question uh, for good reason, right? Um, this is not a um, 
you know, this is not necessarily an issue that has a model. Uh, and I think I shared this um, at the book launch as well. Um, you know, the, the future we're going into, um, the way we have evolved IT become educated, more each um, wanting more participation uh, with increasing contestation. Uh, and, you know, and that's, that's contestation, but also polarization. Uh, those are all the different factors coming in that's going to determine, you know, um, why element that we deserve, right? And we often talk about you get the government that you deserve, but I also would extend it to say that we get the parliament and we don't, if we don't ask the questions, we don't push for review, um, then we'll just prod along the same way, just like the NMP scheme has prodded along for 32 years with minimal changes, right? Mm -hmm. Very incremental um, kind of changes to it from two to nine, you know, from being a, a non-permanent feature to a permanent feature in parliament. And those are the only two big changes in 32 years. Uh, but why are we so sort of like, you know, passive and wanting... You know, um, with with the pace of the world and life that we have, why are we kind of just you know letting things just go um, organically instead of coming forward and proactively um, asking the question and doing reviews and consultation on um, this kind of big and not on you know, things on the ground. Right? Um, hear me, because so I think. I um, as I said, I think we need to ask questions beyond what we know as the theoretical models of governance, right? The majoritarian democracy, that's the proportional, that's past the post, what we have, and the proportional representation, and that's pros and cons, benefits, you know, and all of that. But then how about thinking beyond that, right? And, and there is opportunity with the uh, it doesn't have to be forever, so we can. We don't have to continue binary discourse. It's not that much, but very. It's very much right at the at the polls. But but how do that? You know what in in evolving emerging future that we actually embrace, right? Um, what would what would a politics more balanced like? Um given the kind of world that we're going into and the needs uh, that we have as a society. And, and in, in, the, in my chapter, I did sort of throw out the possibility if we have three branches of government, can we also have three branches of um, parliament? Parliament. You know, so that that's, I mean, we have seen um, the, the, the partisan ills around the world in much democracies, right? And the two-party system um, in my in my view, um, the way it has evolved, it's not actually what we want as a people. Uh, I mean, it's crippling, it's paralyzing, you know, and it's not moving us forward. Um, so I think those are a lot of questions that we need to ask. Um, no one has the answer, but I think everyone has a part of the answer. So it's important that we have this sort of And I hope the book can. Right. Thank you so much. So uh, I think the uh, the the line that stood out uh, the most to me from your answer, which was full of pearls of wisdom, was uh, you get the parliament you deserve, right? And if there's no engagement, 
then you cannot expect things to change, right? Um, so thank you so much. I'll, I'll end with, uh, with a quote from your final uh, chapter where you said, there is no greater honour than to serve my country and humanity and no greater privilege than to serve this way as a member of the 13th Parliament. And I really, I really think that is true. I think that's the highest, other than, you know, maybe playing at the World Cup for Singapore or something. <laughs> Uh, I I really think that is the highest honor and highest contribution a person can make to the country. So thank you for your contribution in Parliament and thank you for your contribution, this one. So for scholars and students of Singapore politics, but also for Singaporeans in general. Thank you to all three of you and thank you for coming on tonight. It's one hour, 15 minutes already. So I think it's past uh, my bedtime for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay, good night everyone. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.